The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Stars Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. On this week's podcast, we'll be joined by Ivan Gales manager Paul Holland, who steered the club, which is an amalgamation of Aberdeen Rangers and Barry Rowe, to Carberry under-21A glory this season with victory over Town. We're also going to hear from Una Tuhig, who has been chatting to Ger McCarthy. Una is the captain of the Nave Bon ladies footballers who take on Salt Hill Nakara in the All-Ireland Club Junior Final in Kilmallock at 1pm on Sunday. It's already been a historic year for the Gwiltuk Club, who claimed the provincial crown when beating Limerick Kingpins Ula in November. But Kieran, before we dive into those conversations, a quick roundup of some of the big West Cork sporting stories making the headlines this week. And first off, Bandon Athletics Club athlete Fiona Everard stormed to National Novice Cross Country Glory at Sunday's 123.ie National Novice and Juvenile Uneven Cross Country Championships hosted by St. Catharines in Cork. Yet another West Cork athletic success, Kieran. Yeah, exactly that. Another, another great West Cork athletic success story. And this is just a great sports story in general because Fiona was out of action for a couple of years with injury. And this is this was just her fourth cross-country race since March 2020. We've had a, a way to announce her arrival back in style. So she won the, the women's novice title at the cross-country championships that were held in Connor hosted by St. Catherine's here in Cork. And just superb, superb win. And she was a, a dominant winner too. Um, just a really strong, dominant, controlled performance by Fiona. So she's from Inneskeen. She went to school in MICC in Dunmanway, and she was a very, um, very highly rated, very talented schools, um, schools athlete um, for MICC. Like I said, she had a, she had her injury problems over the last couple of years, but in the last couple of months, she's been back on track, back in cross country, should I say as well, and. Um, she finished in the top 10 at the National Senior Championships in Donegal a couple of weeks ago and she went one step further at the weekend and took gold. So absolutely brilliant to see Fiona on top of the podium and bringing another gold medal back to West Cork. And just while we're on the, the cross-country championships, we have to mention Paul O'Donovan. He finished 79th in the men's novice, uh, novice cross-country race. And you're thinking, Jesus, that's 79th. That's, you know... How does that how does that kind of stack up? But for context, Paul is a roar. He's not an athlete. There were 198 athletes in this men's novice uh, cross-country race, and Paul finished 79th. 
So he was ahead of 119 other other athletes who have athletics as their as their first choice. And he was also, I think, and my match could be wrong here, I think he was 93 seconds off bronze, which isn't that far away at all because it was such a such a huge field and such a such a bunched entry as well. So it was a really strong performance by Paul O'Donovan. And it's just interesting to see it's the second year in a row that Paul has has ventured off into the cross country um the cross country in his you could say off season from rowing that just keeps him tipping away. So while he didn't win a medal and he finished 79th, he was still in the headlines. But the main headline has to go to Fiona Edward. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to Fiona and commiserations to Paul for finishing so far down the field. I'm sure you'll be back on the podium when you get back in the boat, Paul. So, you know, keep the chin up. Don't get too bogged down about that result. Top 100, not too bad. Switching to GA, Kieran, and the news emerged over the last few days that James McCarthy is staying on as Castlehaven senior football manager for 2023 in what will be his fourth successive campaign at the helm. And they've gone close in recent years, Kieran. There's been semi-finals, etc. So I guess James still thinks there's enough in this team to warrant him staying on and going to try and break that duck of senior county title successes for Castlehaven. Or not the duck, their 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 recent fallow period. Of course, it was us here in the star that broke that news on Sunday night, Jack, that, that James Mack is staying on as Castlehaven senior football manager, like you said, for his fourth season in a row. And he's breaking his own rule here as such. I remember talking to him um, back earlier this year when he decided to stay on for Castlehaven manager for, for third year. And he told me he usually just does two years before he moves on, but he was persuaded to stay on for the 2022 season. And he has stayed on again for 2024. So that's, um, it'll be James's fourth year in distant as Castlehaven's senior football manager. So back in 2020, they got to the Premier Senior Football Final, which they lost to Nemo, and they've been semi finalists the last two years. So they haven't been too far away at all at all. So James knows that um, the Castlehaven, they're one of the top three teams in the Premier Senior Football Championship. We've Haven, we've Nemo, and the Bars, and they've been the the top three for a bit now. And Castlehaven just are not that far away. You're talking inches away from getting back to county final, and who knows what will happen there. So he has changed up his backroom team a small bit. He's brought um, in Shawnee Cahillan is actually a very interesting addition to the Castlehaven um, senior football management team this year. Shawnee is a, a county winning captain with. With um with, with the Haven, so he's he's probably did the big name addition. They've actually kept on a couple of last years. I'm looking at it here. Uh, David Limerick and Brendan DC, who were selectors um this season, are sent on again for next season. In the Buckley has come on board as a selector as well, and Bernie Collins is a coach. So that's the that's the Haven management team for 2023. And in this Thursday's Southern Star, we'll have more news on the other management teams. For the, the West Cork clubs in the Premier Senior Football Championship. So, namely, that's Clannacilty, that's Carberry Rangers, and that's the Carberry Senior Football team. So, we'll have updates on their management teams as well in Thursday's there. There's a teaser, if ever I've heard one, for Thursday's paper. Lastly, Kieran, before we hear from this week's guests, we're going to switch away from West Cork for a brief moment because it looks as though football might actually be coming home. England were impressive for large spells against Senegal in their 3-0 win on Sunday night in the last 16 of the World Cup. And what I want to know, Kieran, is can Gareth Southgate's men win the World Cup? And secondly, do you want to see them win the World Cup? 
Oh, two good questions. Can they win it? Of course they can. Do I want to see them win it? It doesn't bother me. It really doesn't bother me if they win it or not, because the odds are they've probably come up just short. So if I say, yeah, I don't mind they'll win it, I'm kind of, the safety net is that they're not going to win it. You know, um, I just, I think we learn a lot more about them in their next game against France. That's going to be the real acid test. Like, France look good as well. And if you look at the side of the draw that England are on right now, if they get through France, you're probably looking at a Spain or Portugal in the semi-final, which will be obviously another tough test. And if they get to the final, possibly in Brazil or in Argentina. So they'll have to beat three big teams in the in the, in the next couple of weeks to to bring football home. But can they do it? Of course they can. Um, they're, they're a team over the last couple of years. They just know how to win matches now, don't they? You've seen it the World Cup four years ago at the Euros last summer. They're just able to to kind of grind out results. Um, look at the, the, the first 30 minutes against Senegal. They were pretty poor. Senegal had two or three big chances there. But all of a sudden, Eng- England clicked into ge- the gear. Bellingham, what a player. What a player. Um, there'll be some scramble for his signature uh, next summer, but he was superb. But all of a sudden, England were tuning up after, what, 55, 60 minutes? It, it was game over. They were able, able to, to run their bench. Um, I do think this England team is a lot more likable than England teams in the past. You know, kind of, I just, there's, there's a video of them landing back to their team hotel on on on, on, the, on on Sunday evening, and you could see the likes of, I know, the podcast listeners might like this, but the likes of Grealish and Declan Rice dancing away and having the crack in Mason Mountains inside there too, and you can see they're, they're having fun out there. Um, you could all, all into tears next Saturday night against France. Like, you have to look at it, Jack. Mbappé against Harry Maguire. Like, there's only going to be only going to be one winner there. Like, Mbappé's in form right now. He's two goals. He's two goals on, on uh, Saturday night were incredible. Um, but it's it's just going to be so interesting. I think if England come true and they beat France, like, they, they, they could go all the way to the final then. Just on Mbappe there, I absolutely loved his second goal in particular because the position he was in, in, in the p- position he was in in the box, the obvious shot for him was to open the body and curl it into the far top corner a la ex-French legend Thierry Henry. And that's the way the goalkeeper shaped. That's the way the defender shaped. They almost offered him near post and said, look, if you can get it in there, Joe, fair play to you. But try and get it past us in this far corner. Mbappe took the harder option and buried it into the close top corner, the, the near side. Just inch perfect accuracy. And as you say, uh, it's going to be the first real challenge for the English defence in particular. Like even Harry Maguire looked rocky on Sunday night against uh, an admittedly fairly weak Senegalese front line. So it'll be interesting to see how he copes with Olivier Giroud, who's just cracked Henri's record as France, France's all-time leading goal scorer. And then the raids from Mbappe coming in from left to right. He just looks scintillating, sensational, oh, unstoppable super. at the minute. It's like almost a pleasure and an honour to be watching on television. So uh, I, 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 I'm I, with you. I think if they can get past France, they may go all the way because even though Spain seem to be the, the best team after the first round of group games, they've kind of fluttered to deceive since then. I don't think Portugal are no. much of a threat to England either I think France is 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 the big game and then it could be a match all the way to the final for England and then obviously Brazil probably coming from that side of the draw could give them a stern test as well but if they get past France any any anything could happen we'll probably hear it's coming home over here in Skipperine from the from the pubs of, of London and, and Manchester and and so on but I have to say you're talking about an, an honour to watch um, in Beppe watching Argentina the last night 
messy. I'm like for a man at 35 years of age, that second half, I thought he was just, he oozed class. And after that performance, and I'm nailing my colours to the Argentinian mast, I want him to win the World Cup. And I know it's just probably cliche to win it for Messi. Um, but he's just, they put up his stats. That was his thousand game, 41 trophies, 780, 790 goals, over 300 assists. Like the man is just unstoppable. But just to see him perform in the big stage. But what did it for me is, that's a very average Argentinian team. It really is. Like it's really built around Messi. And there's, they're not a team that's going to set the world on fire, but they're starting to build a bit of momentum. You can see how much it means to them, the passion, the, the, the heart in that team and to see the celebrations after. I'd love to see Argentina go the whole way. I really would. Even for Lissandro Martin, his, his block in the in the in the, the second half late on was just just brilliant. They're just a team you can relate to, like just the, the work ethic and the dog in them, like the real the real heart in them. So I'd love to see Argentina go the the, the full way. But Brazil are there, aren't they? They really are. You know, and if, if Brazil hit form, I think they'd be very hard to stop. But it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks. Yeah, just 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 on Messi and uh the joy it is to watch him. Like I have found myself every Argentina game joining in the crowds at the games with that kind of like a messianic cheer that they're doing. Messi, Messi. It's an unbelievable sound and sight. So yeah, really, I, I hope they continue on this quest. Brazil, since Neymar has been injured, haven't uh, been as impressive either. So I'm not sure what his state of play is. It seems like he may be out until the final. I saw his father giving quotes saying that he'll be back for the final almost trying to wish it into reality that they will make it all the way so that he can come back but look nothing beats the World Cup I know there's plenty of reasons to give out about this one but on the field of play I have no complaints it's been absolutely well I do have a few complaints about VAR but we won't we won't go into the this negative nonsense uh, but that's um, that's the World Cup England could do it Kieran hopes Argentina do it I have to admit I have a soft spot for the Japanese so I'm hopeful that they can continue on their journey against Croatia today. But this podcast will probably come out after that game's been over. So hopefully Japan are before, celebrating. Before we move on, Jack, did you see the Senegal, the Senegal fans on, on Sunday night, the, the noise, and you have the lads with the, the different letters, S-C-N-E-G-A-L. Yeah. Um, I think there's a piece of the letter coming up very soon, just a big piece about that. They've been doing that since 2002, almost the same fellas, the fellow whose S has always been S and so on. Really? How about... Republic of Ireland fans. I know it's very long. You need what twenty fans, <laughs> and we're probably too pasty and white. But did you see the noise and the colour that they brought? I know Ray Keane finds it annoying or irritating was the word that he reached for. But the noise out of them. Could you imagine twenty pasty Irish Irish fellas with Republic of Ireland along their along their chests across TV? We're like Jesus. What about what a way to get the the boys in green going? Huh? It might be as comfortable on a cold winter's night in Dublin as it is on a balmy. Sunny, warm evening in Doha. But look, I'm sure you can get 10 or 20 or however many you need drunk enough Irish fans who'd be willing to do it. But here, let's park the World Cup for now because we're going to hear from Paul Holland, who's the manager of Iban Gales. And for those who don't know, Iban Gales are an amalgamation of Aberdeen Rangers and Barry Rowe at underage level. And they won the Carberry Under-21A football title this year. And... Anything else you want to tell us about Ivan and Paul here before we hear from the man himself? Yeah, it's just been a great year for uh, Ivan Gale. So Ivan Gale's actually won the Carberry under-21 A-double this year. 
um, hurling and football and in both games they beat Newcastle and in both games they beat Newcastle in dramatic circumstances so their most recent win was in the Carberry under-21A football final uh, Rhino Donovan was the hero there I think he finished with nine points um, it's a game where at one stage in the second half Ivan are up ten points Newcastle came back actually hit the front Ivan leveled the game in injury time forced extra time and Rhino Donovan kicked two late points in extra time to win the game so just huge Huge win for Ivan Gales and, and great too for Barry Rowe and Argentine Rangers as well. Like you said, it's an amalgamated club. So, Matthew Hurley caught up with Paul Holland just to chat about what this means to Ivan Gales. Um, and it's, a, as you'll hear now, a really, really interest, interesting interview. So, what a year has been for Ivan Gales. Not only did they win the hurling under 21A Carberry Championship, but also the football as well recently against Newcastle after extra time in an absolute thriller of a game. And I'm delighted to be joined here by Paul Hollands, their, their manager of the team and a legend in the man, Jerry Circles himself. So uh, how, how are things with yourself, Paul? Have um, things in IBN calmed down? Ah, they have, yeah. They, um, you know, I know there was a Sunday evening was a fair bit of excitement. I think the the nature of the way the game finished, I'd say, you know, I contributed to that. And sure, look, they all headed back up to Cork on Monday to meet their friends in college or whatever, like the lads that are on tour level. So we didn't see much of them, but... Actually, looked as um, you know, you couldn't you couldn't fault them from knocking a day or two out of it anyway. And I suppose what what's that been like? Like, um, fellas going up to college and back down to West Cork. Like I've heard from Pat Nolan, the, the Gabriel's manager, the last few weeks, saying there was an issue there, like uh, with trainings, etc. They had to train on Friday evenings. Has there been any sort of a uh, pressure with yourself, or have the lads just brought in bought into the whole thing? No, sure, looks similar to it's, it's every other club at that age group would land to be in college. Um, once the once the championship starts, you only get them on a Friday night. Like you know, now we we have a couple of lads playing Cornivory with Clannacilty. We have a couple of lads playing Freshers in college and Cork and stuff. So you know, we're not too worried about the midweek. They get if they got a session in themselves with the school or the college, was fine. We just got together on a Friday night and um, got our ducks in a row. Really spoke about the game Sunday, what we needed to do, and uh, light session, and that was it. Really, you know. To do the under-21 double is remarkable for a club like I've been, obviously an amalgamation between uh, Barrow and Timberlake. Uh, like, um, you know, it's an unreal achievement to win both in one year. Like, what was the kind of um, the key behind that? Were the players just driven to do it this year? I said very few people would be aware of the key behind it, but it was actually last year's hurling championship. Um, if I can remember correctly, it was kind of put on at short notice and uh, it was played I think at half past nine on the Sunday morning up in Ahiol last year we were playing Newstone actually and I wasn't directly involved went up to watch it and um, Danny Murphy was in charge of hurling and we just didn't turn up um, and all the mentors and Danny Murphy included myself who'd been involved the lads down through the years were, we were very disappointed that morning like you know didn't show up at all we put five six seven years of work into that bunch and um, you know that morning I'd say set the tone for the season if, if, if I was being totally honest looking back at it, you know. I suppose to win the football like in dramatic circumstances as you said uh, previously in the chat, like uh, for Newstown to go a point up going into additional time and then for Ryan to kick that score, then Newstown get a goal in extra time and then you win it at the date. Like it was dramatic scenes at the end. Yeah, well, I, should have, I, I actually think the, the hurling was um, equally as a crazy finish, you know, we were leading all the way, 
I think Nooster's tone equalised in the 67th minute of normal time that day. Um, they actually went four points up then in extra time. We were four points on at half time in extra time in the hurling final, and we got five points in a row to win it. And there's no doubt in my mind that um, it stood to the bunch for, for the rest of the year, especially in the 21 football. Um, and we, we actually spoke about it at the end of normal time before we started extra time. You know, we've been there before. And again, at halftime, we were two points down in the football final the last day. But I thought that scoreline was wrong insofar as I thought we were played the better football in the first 10 minutes of extra time. We turned the ball over, coming out of defence, they got a goal off it, uh, put us two points down. But, um, you know, as I said to the lads at halftime and extra time, I said if we can create two chances and take them, then we don't deserve to win it. Like, But, um, you know, I think six under 21 games all year, and I don't think we won any more than by... There was a score in each game, I think, you know, which is a great sign of the team as well. I suppose you mentioned the great sign of the team there. Like, uh, to bounce back from losing, uh, you said the hurling last year, the football as well, a pretty heavy defeat to Carberry Rangers last season as well. So, like, to bounce back and to win both titles and do them in extra time as well, it's remarkable. And it probably just shows the sign of uh, a good group there. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, we wouldn't have been overly disappointed with the football last year so far as... Ross is a very strong team last year. We got to the final of it. Um, so we performed a decent level. Eamon Ginevan was over them last year there. And, you know, we had to play that final um, not at full strength. We'd fellas involved with Cork in the 20s and that. And it was that was just the condition of the competition at the time. It really, for me, and I, I didn't reference it to the lads, but for me, uh, being involved this year, being up in Ahio last year, watching that under-21 hurling championship game, um, where we just... It looked as if we didn't want to be there, to be honest. Like, you know, it was half nine on Sunday morning. Moose's tone was strong. They were up for it. Um, we, ne- we never got to the pitch of the game, or we never kind of made an attempt to get to it. And, you know, that was in the back of my mind for a year, to be honest. And you mentioned losing to Ross uh, last season, but obviously you beat them in the semi-finals. You beat Castle at the quarter-finals. Two premier senior sides in um, the Cork Championship as well, with uh, very good players like Robbie Minahan, uh, Tommaso Manny, I think, was playing as well. Uh, Pat O'Rourke, uh, loads of them. I think Jack Cavan might have been as well for Carberry Rangers. So, like, they, they were brimmed with talent and you still came out the, other, the winning side of it both games and against Newstone, to be fair to them as well, who are a Premier Senior side this season as well. So, um, a brilliant one. Yeah, look, I suppose that's the biggest challenge when you have um, your players are playing junior. Like, we, we have fellas playing under 21 that didn't start on their respective clubs' junior teams this year. We have fellas that started this year in all those games and we're giving them very important jobs that didn't make the team when they were minor. So like, you know, the lads that are interested stick at it. They try to improve, they learn. But um, the biggest thing there is uh, we had to change the lads' mindset like when they got together as a Duke amalgamated club. You know, they're like no other young lad in West Cork when they've got their own sport played at the weekend. They're going to go into Bandit to watch Castlehaven play Nemo or they're going to go down to Clan to watch Ross against Nemo or Noose's Town against Clanra. And they're going in watching guys their own age, playing on a, a big stage, big experience, big exposure. And I suppose the, the biggest job we kind of felt down through the years of our lads was um, trying to get the belief into them that, you know, it's a level playing field. No, grander with a big club and they're playing a higher grade than you. But when you're in your own age group, they are what they are and we have what we have. And I suppose we're lucky. They could have gone either way. The group of lads that we have kind of accepted that test I suppose and challenge and they kind of saw that they weren't far away at the start and we like knew some beat us in the minor hurling final in clan three years ago great game and they deserved to win in the day 
But you know, I know for a fact that game has stuck in our players' minds for a good few years as well. Like you know. And like you mentioned, a lot of them players playing junior, and a lot of them going to watch games and stuff like that. Like they learn tips along the way. It seemed that way anyway because the players played brilliant this year. A few of them players, and really it was a team effort, wasn't it? Yeah, look, I suppose we have we have the host we have a couple of names there, like guys that have got exposure again. It's it's very easy to run a line through it. Um, when they're being got together, more of our players ended up maybe on Clare Community College currently every team because we're playing at a higher level and they were up to the pace for when they went in there for that. Then the guys that did well there got seen by Cork and we have the last three or four years for an area like this, which would have a massive tradition in, in into county football. We have a couple of minor All Irelands, we have a couple of Munster under 20 medals around the place. So, you know, we'd be happy enough that what we have and the biggest thing we have is the guys in the background have worked hard at their own game to try and get up to that level and they are reaching that, you know? And I suppose, like, um, during that game against Newstown, obviously, the Ryan freeze, um, the free to equalise at the end, and then the free to win it, like, um, stuff of dreams, really. I know he's a car minor and he scored a goal after extra time against Galway, but that has to be up there with one of the best um, moments of his career, surely, like, and, uh, like, just as a matter of interest, like, how were you feeling before Ryan stepped up to the ball? First of all, for the equalising score, because this was a big, big kick. Yeah, look, I mean, I I was calm enough in so far as there was no one there was no one better we could have on the ball at that stage. And Ryan has a kind of an attitude in his sport. You know, he makes plenty of mistakes in his games, but he moves on from it very quickly. He just wants to get the ball again, wants to create a scoring chance and see can he take it. So... His character actually served us well in that in that instance because he actually fancied he fancied himself taking it, which is a great position to be in in such an important kick, like you know. And uh, what I get from Ryan as well, a load of other players like uh, Olin, Dara, a load of them other players that they enjoy their football as well, and that has to be a key aspect as well. Well, they do look. I mean, again, the group of players we have, we sit down, we look at them. What have we got? We've got fellas that can play football. And um, so we play kind of an attacking brand of football now. Some say it's too attacky at times. You know, we had a good lead the last day. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, guys at that age, you want them to enjoy their sport as much as possible. And look, winning the championship really is a bonus as from a coaching point of view or player development point of view. You know, we played Castlehaven, we played Carberry Rangers, we played Newstone, as you said earlier there. Now, to win the championship, beating the three of them was a great achievement. But equally, from my point of view, is the exposure to the guys, testing themselves against guys that are playing at a higher level and seeing that they're able to bring that confidence back to Timmy League, bring it back to Bayerow and try and make our junior team stronger. Like, you know, that's the ultimate aim. You mentioned the junior teams there. Like, Arby Rangers obviously reached the final of the Junior A Football Championship, just getting beaten by uh, St. James at the final. Barry Rowe have a few good players who have been on paper as well. So, like, this under-21 win will spur the confidence for them lads to go on and do brilliant things at the Junior Championship as well, uh, I, would, I would imagine. Well, look, that's what we hope, but that, that, that's, not a, that's not a given. You know, the work is still going to be have to put in. It's a new competition. What we did this year under-21 will have zero bearing on the Premier Junior Hurling Championship next year or the Junior A Football Championship next year, you know. And um, I think then, you know, a, a lot of it is mindset. Like, you know, these guys, you know, four of that Newstone team last Sunday, they're 
four of them played in the forwards against their rogue in the relegation Premier City football final over Brunei. I watched it. They're just used to big games, losing big games as well as winning them. You have to move on. You have to be ruthless in your attitude, get ready for the week after. And I suppose, you know, at lower levels in sport, maybe that's one of the things you have to work on, really, you know, the mindset about how you approach your games, you know, accept the challenge, see where you are at the end of the game, where you're good enough, where you're not, what you need to do, go back, try and improve. So getting the little gut checks against the likes of Newstown Bandon and Carberry Rangers and Castlehaven along the way, it's invaluable as far as I'm concerned for what we're trying to do and develop a new bunch of players for both island clubs, you know. I suppose like playing um, them sort of big clubs like Bandon, the town, Castlehaven, or football right there, uh, Carberry Rangers won the under 21 championship last season. Like playing these big sides will only um, age in the long run, really. Yeah, if you go about it the right way, Matthew, you know, you have to. You know, some guys will shy away from it and they won't turn up and say, oh, they'll, you know, they'll still be in awe. They'll, really go and they'll watch them the Sunday before in a senior match and you go play them in championship in their own age group and they'll really watch them again. And that's that's what, that's what you have to prevent happening. You have to go and test yourself, see where you are. You know what I mean? Initially, the under-21 football was uh, two groups. The time went against the West Cork board and they changed it to they re- rejig the draw, open draw, and we could see the path with Castlehaven in the first round. If we won there, we had... Possibly playing Ross Carberry or on Gales, and then the other side had Nusa Son and Clan, whoever. So, you know, it was there in front of us, and it kind of focused the mind really with it. Like, um, to be fair to the lads, everything we put in front of them before the championship started, they took it on. We went up and played um, MTUC Freshers in a very good game. And, like, you know, you have to give the lads a lot of credit. The Wednesday night before we played Castlehaven, we had 21 or two guys up in Morn Abbey playing Clyde Rovers in an under 21 football challenge, which was a great game. Clyde really tested us there in the second half. They came back at us strong, and it was ideal preparation. But my point is, they turned up. They turned up to those games. They prepared properly because they knew what they were facing, and they accepted that they had to go about their business properly to meet Castlehaven down in Ross in the first round, you know? I suppose take you back to yourself, like you managed uh, Valley Rovers in the last few seasons in yeah. senior football. You managed uh, obviously Arbery Rangers in the Premier Junior Hurling Championship this season as well. And this now you're managing the under 21 Ivane Gales team, obviously. Like, what would be the big difference between managing underage and senior sides? I looked at looks again. You can break it down. You can look at the likes of the guys that have having to coat the experience in the under 21 team. They're well used to meetings prior to games, maybe on a Friday night and the tactics board coming out and bits and pieces happening. Other guys then in the panel might be used to that. So you just have to be aware of your audience. Don't overface them. But it's a great introduction to kind of really, you know, tactics and set up. Like, I mean, when you're going to face the likes of Jack Cahillan, David Buckley, all these Expose very quickly, like you know, and um, I enjoyed that as well. I enjoyed that part of it. We every before every game we met in the dressing room below in Timmy League, and we had a little meeting, we went through the tactics board, got sorted, and we all left together. So, you'll be hoping all that will just add into the development of all the players, like you know, and just kind of bring them on. I suppose the camaraderie of the whole team, like you mentioned, a lot of them went to Clannacate Community College, a lot of them go to college together, I think, as well in Cork. So yeah, the lads are great friends as well, and that must be a key aspect and why they're so successful as well. Ah, they are. I mean, like, you know, I'd, I'd often 
someone pass a comment like, oh, how are you getting on? Or do they get on? And all. So I just laugh at them. Like, you know, I mean, I've been in a lot of dressing rooms and uh, this dressing room in particular is the tightest dressing I've ever been in. Um, they just, from the word go, they're just a nice bunch of lads. And look, they were nervous starting out. I can remember them back under 15, 16 there and they were, you know, it was, it was tough on them, but they stuck with it. They got the reward. Like, that team hasn't won anything in five years since under 16. No, there's a good reason for that. They were away playing Premier 1 and Premier 2 football for the last three years minor, you know? And maybe people, some people might have forgot that, but we got to the final of the non-exam league there a couple of years ago against Douglas. Lost at last kick of the game. We've played Mallow, Glenmire, the Bars, Ballin Colleague. So they've got plenty of exposure. Um throughout the last couple of years been minor but it has definitely brought them because look they weren't as good as the teams they were playing all the time and they had to tighten up as a group and back each other and help each other out and um, definitely this season it, it, it helped as I said I think six games I think we won all of them by more than just one score so you know the proof is in the pudding and uh, no the, it, it's, it's a kind of joke amongst ourselves really like you know we let people think what they want to think about it and are we tight or not but Anybody involved was shoot like you know. And like um, the lads growing up together, they're um, they they play very well. Obviously, they won the under twenty championship. Like um, even for a few players, like there's aspirations to even play for Cork in the future. Like, what will this win really do for their aspirations to go play for Cork in the future as well? Well, I suppose you you'd hope that would just give them the motivation to go away and do their. Gym work at the moment in preparation for next year and analyze their season past and see where they were good and where they need to improve. And that's all you can do. You can just keep improving and, you know, keep playing well and hope that phone call comes like, but that doesn't happen again. There's a lot of work goes into it before that happens, you know. And um, especially with the new age grades, you know, under 17, under 20, you know. I think there'll be less less guys of those age groups coming through because um, 18 and 21, you weren't closer to the adult competition, especially under 21, and you had a fair idea what a guy was about. Fellas still playing 18 or 19 years of age, playing under 20 into county football. It's fast, it's quick, it's a bit loose. You know, there's a couple of other boxes to be checked before anybody progresses on to senior into county sport, you know? And uh, finally, I suppose, just looking forward to next year for both clubs, for Barry Rowe and Arbidean and Junior Championship. Like, uh, like the future does bode well for both sides, uh, maybe the hurling as well, and the football in the Junior A Championship with St. James is obviously going to Premier Junior, so they're all the way. So, like, would there be kind of a confidence there to get more trophies at the board at uh, junior level? Ah, I wouldn't say confidence. I would say the opportunity is there if they go about their business properly uh, for both clubs. Now, look... I, that Premier Junior Hurling Championship this year, I was very, very impressed with the standard in it. Like I'd been involved in Premier Senior Football for a couple of years. You know, I can see Bally Giblin, likes of Bally Giblin, Russell Rovers, all these teams. They would survive in a grade, one or two grades above what they're playing, no problem. They might win it, but they'd survive there, absolutely no problem. So that Premier Junior Hurling is actually a very, very decent standard. And like you can see it, Ballygiblin got to the All-Ireland final last year, Russell Rovers in the final year before, and Ballygiblin look like they're going to make it again this year. Standard is very high there. So, you know, um, speaking from Timmy's point of view, you know, we'd be just focused on the draw, who's in our group, trying to get out of the group would be job number one. Going back to the football, 
you know, I, t I still think, you know, you looked at West Cork final this year, it was kind of men against boys, really, if you want to just put a general term about it. And, you know, very difficult to win adult competitions when half of your team is still under 21. You know, you have to be patient. You have to look for those incremental improvements, make sure the attitude stays good, you know, put the facilities and, and the programme in place to improve. But I think you just have to be patient. I don't think you can expect anything to happen very quickly, like, you know. Well, for your for your sake anyway that uh, Aberdeen Rangers do win it. and of course Barrow and uh, both clubs in the IBN region like um, they're two fantastic clubs and a fantastic achievement to win the double under 21A championships this season thanks Paul for your time on the Star Sport podcast best of luck for next season and uh, yeah good times for IBN roll on cheers Matthew take care the Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union Access Credit Union funding dreams for over 50 years On Sunday at 1pm in Kilmallock, the Neighbourborn ladies footballers take on Salt Hill, knock Nakara in the All-Ireland Club junior final. Neighbourborn from Balavorna won the Munster title when they beat Limerick Kingpins in Nula in November. And their captain, Una Tuhig, has been speaking to Jor McCarthy. Now, we are delighted here on the Southern Star podcast to be joined uh, by a very busy uh, football captain ahead of the current account of the All-Ireland Ladies Football Junior Final, and that is Nave Bonds Una Tuig, who joins us here to preview their big showdown with Salt Hill Nakara this Sunday. Uh, Una, you're very welcome to the Southern Star podcast. How are you? I'm good, Jared. Thanks for having me on. Uh, lovely to talk to you again. Uh, um, as we were saying just before we started recording, Nave Bond are the last remaining Cork ladies football team in any uh, senior any competition at this time of the year which is rare but it also brings a bit more attention so I'd say you've been busy as a captain and uh, your team uh, dealing with a bit more media coverage than you'd be used to at this time of the year um, yeah I guess you suppose you could say that right um, you know look it's great it's great that we're still in the All Ireland and that we are the only Cork team in it it gives a bit more light on Neva Bond and the club itself and you know how the clubs come strength to strength and are underage teens and stuff like that. But sure, look, no one's used to this media train, so we'll just take it as it comes, really, to be honest. But um, just loving every moment, moment of it at the moment, though. Yes, and probably the best uh, the best way to treat it at the moment, because what a year it's been for you. Before we talk about what's to come, have you had a chance to stop and think about what's happened? Because I remember talking to you after beating O'Donovan Rasa in a beautifully sunlit MTU, sun-kissed MTU, when you, were, you became county junior champions. Since then, you've gone on to win the Munster in pretty nasty conditions. And the last day I was on the pitch also to watch you get reaching All-Ireland Junior Final at, in your home parish against Castle Blaney Falls from Monaghan. So you've played in pretty much four seasons and a bit more <laughs> to get to this point. But what a run. What a run it's been. It is. And like, I don't think we've stopped to take it in at the moment just to see how far we've come and what we've reached and stuff like that. But um you know, you're just kind of taking every day as it comes. You're just treating every game as you know another game that we have to win and stuff. But um, like probably come next Sunday or Saturday, even it'll be a different ball game. There'll be butterflies fluttering around and stuff. But um, to say this has been a remarkable year is something else. Between with our minors getting off to the winning start last December, I think it was the eighth of December, they won their first county to our under twenty ones, and now to us going on to the Ireland, and it's just. I don't think anyone in the club realised we could get this far really at the start of the year. 
Yeah, it's it uh, as you said. Like I mean, even even the under twenty one success, probably in the underage success that you you got. I know Noel, your manager keeps Noel McDonald keeps referring back to that. That winning that county was a kind of a breaking, you know, a good breakthrough for the group of players that are now part of this adult junior team, senior team. Um, I think this has been coming though because I think there's such a good panel of players there, and I think you'd agree with me on that. You're not over reliant on one or two people for scores in all the games. There's a good spread of scores, and that the general overall, you know quality of the panel and that's the 30 plus players you needed that because god you've had some you've had some amount of matches this year we have and that's it you know like yeah we keep going back to the success of the underage uh, underage gradients and stuff but i think it was for the older side of the team to see them coming through and to see the potential that they have that they just needed that bit of calmness when they come do step up to the junior and stuff so we're able to push through that mental block that we probably had for the last two or three years that you know we just couldn't get past the semi-finals of the county and stuff but um like the talent on the team from one to 30 is something extraordinary like the fact i've like we could easily probably win intermediate if everyone played exactly how they could play at training is you know but when big games come obviously of course you get the nerves get the best of us and stuff but um yeah we're like and that's a great thing we're not reliant on one person up and forward we have at least five or six players running off of someone so like they don't it'll make a really hard defense to try and um try and mark like when you have six or seven running at you and stuff so it's great and you're not bad at the back either as you've uh, so politely <laughs> decided to avoid because you're quite a good defense it's the one thing i spoke about last week as well against castle blaney falls from monaghan and what a battle that was from start to finish i mean you eventually won out uh 12 points uh to seven but in in difficult conditions a heavy pitcher at home as well you know at being at home i think as well i mean that brings the added pressure una did you feel that added pressure coming into it look you know the pitch inside out it, the whole parish and more turned out it was a fantastic atmosphere because castle blaney brought a huge crowd with them as well but for a lot of the younger girls I would imagine on your panel they may not have experienced or even the older girls that level of you know a crowd of an atmosphere and the importance and of course the caveat of an All-Ireland final for the winners like you, you handled it obviously because you won 12 points to 7 but you also managed to shut down a very very potent attack and kept them to 7 points I mean that, that that's serious going but talk to me about just the build up to that semi-final in Balavorny because it was huge excitement but a lot of added pressure Um, I wouldn't say a lot of added pressure, just a small bit of added pressure of like, you know, if you're going down to the shop and then you've every single person saying best to look Saturday, John, you were just so used to flying under the radar that's like, oh, they have another game, that's fine, there's nothing major happening there. But um, yeah, like it didn't really, like because we were saying it on the Thursday before or the game that, you know, it doesn't feel like an all-out semi-final, which is a good thing. I think we just had our focus on the game and what we, the jobs we had to do in hand and stuff. And um, But then when everyone started arriving into the pitch on the Sunday and all the stewards were out and all the flags were out and stuff, it kind of slowly started to sink in mm. that it was a big deal. And then when we were warming up and stuff and the stand was, I'd say, nearly three quarters of the way full, like running out into the pitch for the start of the game, I don't think any player has experienced that crowd or cheer at a home game, let alone like um, if you're even playing county and stuff. But it was absolutely fabulous to see every single person that came out to support us and including the Casablaney that brought down their, mm. I think, two full busloads they came down with them as well. So it's just great to see such support as well coming back into ladies football and stuff at club level for junior. So it's wonderful. 
Certainly is. Um, I think you're playing it down though, because I think uh, I even noticed. Uh, I know you're a captain, so you've got to. You've been told by your manager, as well, I'd imagine. But uh, coming into about like coming into Bellevue and seeing all those flags and everything, I was the same. I was kind of going, okay, this is this is this is a bigger. This is obviously not Ireland semi final. It's a big deal, and it's a different different time of the year as well because it's so late in the year, and you've been going since January. That's one of the things, Una, um, from speaking to the players in the pitch afterwards each of them kind of earmarked the fact that you've been going since January, if not before it. That's You're coming up on 12 months. I know you're not going every weekend, but between winning a junior championship in the Cork LGFA, which is one of the toughest championships to win because there's so many good teams in there, including yourselves, to come out of that and then to go on and win Munster and now to reach an All-Ireland, that's not an easy thing to do at all. When you look back now, when you started, if it was roughly around January, like can you believe now that here we are 11 months later, you're in an All-Ireland final, um, the year must have flown for you. But it, 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 I mean, you've, you've been together quite a long time to get to this point and you needed to, to, stick, to stick together to get to this point. But that's a long time to be on the road too. It is. And, you know, like even back in January when we did start training and, you know, coming in together, you know, some girls were slow to come back because it was so early and they were just resting up the body and stuff. So it was kind of, I would say we didn't hit the ground running in January. Like we, we were setting out for to win your learning. We just said, you know, slowly give give girls a chance to come back, you know, slowly build in the leagues, look at things that we have to work on and stuff. And then obviously our main goal was to win the championship. Um, But as you say, like everything, else, and I know it's such a cliche, everything after championship is a cherry on top, but it honestly is um and I think that's how we're treating it as well so that's like no one's getting too big for their boots or anything like that we're just taking every game as it comes um we analyze our own game of where like we're not, Noel is great to say yeah he played well but he's also great to say we have four more points that we need to pick up that if we got you know we need to work on these straight away so like it's a good mixture of excitement but staying grounded and just knowing that we're still not there yet we still have one more game to go and then come Sunday we'll you know we'll relax and just enjoy the Christmas then but like getting into as you say we're nearly 12 years on it and you're getting into training and you're hearing Christmas songs being played and you're like soaking wet from the pitch it's I don't think we've ever experienced that before so it's a strange but wonderful experience yeah well put actually it is quite strange uh, and it is quite late in the year as you said talk to me about Noel McDonough Noel McDonough, your manager, and the management team, because uh, the after-match interview he gave me uh, immediately after beating Castleblaney Falls and reaching an All-Ireland final and doing all the things you've just spoken about, you would not have guessed. He's just the coolest customer ever. I doubt, Una, he's that cool all the time, but he certainly <laughs> is very cool when he deals with me and other members of the media. We're very appreciative of how well you've, you've interacted with the media. You've made our life very easy, including Noel. But talk to me, how is he getting on in, in the build-up to this, or can you tell me? <laughs> um, no, I like that is like what you see is what you get with Noel he is very calm cool and like he is a knowledge of football that we're only delighted that he's able to share out with us and stuff and you know he'll break down the any game that we're any game that we played since the county he's broken down the players he's broken down where they're threatening where we need to work and where we can attack on them and stuff like that but um as you say like he is as cool as he is with he as he is with us and you know there's no seriousness there's no shouting it's all just you know nice nice and relaxed you know there's a bit of crack at training every time so and you know he's always want to get stuck into training with us so I'd say when you see that as well it kind of just it brings us closer together as a team as well and as for the rest of the management it's, it's just everyone's just so excited and happy that 
like they're just treating it like a normal game and it's not like we're, we don't appreciate that we're in the All-Ireland stuff but I think if we think about it too much the nerves could get the better of us so we're just kind of it's another game on Sunday we just go out play our best stick to our game plan and then hopefully we'd come out champions Um, How easy a team is it for Noel McDonough to manage? I mean obviously there's a bond there because you've won quite a lot this year and I know you've celebrated and I know you're not going to tell me about the celebrations even if I try to ask but I could see I could see even in the aftermath of the Castle Blaney Falls and the All-Ireland semi-final win you know all the parents and, and then people that came on to say thanks to you and to congratulate like it was a real nice moment to have those fans on the field which you immediately I know you were all wrecked hurt and you wanted to get back to the dressing room but there was no hope of that happening because so many people wanted to say well done to you but within the dressing room, I know there's crack and I know there's banter, but are you an easy team to coach now? And remember, you're the captain here, so you're, you've free reign. <laughs> no, I'll be polite. Um, I think we are to the fact, you as a girls team, there's always going to be chit-chat, there's always going to be gossip. You know, you're not going to have a quiet training when you train a ladies football team. Um, and Noel and the rest of the lads understand that. So, like... Obviously, when they're telling us points and stuff, we have to listen to it. We will listen to it, but then in two minutes' time, someone could be talking about something that happened on TV, you know. So there is a great bond between the team as well, between because there's such a kind of variance of ages mm. that it, you wouldn't come, a, you wouldn't even think it when you're on the team itself. Everyone talks about everything, you know, there's no bad blood between everyone. And I think that kind of shows as well from coming from a small community and area that everyone knows everyone. So they only want the best for each other. And then, as you said, when all the parents and the kids and everyone came onto the pitch after the game last weekend, it was just, you just made a breakdown crying with the happiness of everybody around and the joy in Bellavorne and surrounding areas. It's just remarkable. It certainly was. That's lovely. That's well put as well. I mean, you could, I saw it firsthand and I saw it when you won the, the county title, what it meant, but uh, certainly reaching an all iron final for a lot of people. And as you said, the difference in the age scales, uh, I think, within the actual panel of Neva Vaughan has been a big help to you because a lot of you have been on the road a while uh, without aging. But uh, a lot of the younger girls probably look to you in tight situations and probably, I, I think a lot of you, without naming names now, because there's so many good players on your team, I think a lot of players have grown up in the last two or three months um, and had to grow up very quickly because it's very difficult to win a county title whatever about the physicality of it, but when you get into Munster and you get into this stage, as you probably can attest, it's a whole different ball game. But you must be pleased with how the young players on the panel have reacted and grown up um, as it is over the last couple of months. I am. And I like exactly as you said, like winning Cork County was great and stuff, but it was still just kind of the jitterness and stuff that when you get out of your comfort zone of the county, you start to see how girls handle pressure, you know, if they get too... You can start to get to know their tells that if they're too nervous or if they're just too anxious about something. So I couldn't be more than thrilled and delighted for the girls that every game they play, they're just that sense of calmness is coming on, the maturity is coming on. They just, you know, how many times it's drilled into her heads, take that extra second on the ball. They're actually doing it now. So it's, you know, it's great to see that in such a short space of time that they've probably grown up in probably what could have been three years of football if we had hadn't won Cork County. Um, but at that then again, like it's just, it's that bond between the players that they, you know, they can look to the older ones to say, just to double check something, is this the right thing to do? Or, you know, should I be here? Should I be out in the wing and stuff like that? So it's just, it's just, a, it's a good mix now that we have on the team of calmness and fitness and young ones that can run around all day. 
Cam is saying Young was a cover around there. Well put by the captain. You're the <laughs> camera, are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm the one at the back, you know, telling you what to do, what to do. I think you might be hearing a bit more about this interview afterwards, Una. We'll see anyway. We're talking <laughs> on today. Let's quickly look ahead to this All Ireland, uh, the Court Count, All Ireland LGFA Junior Football Final. Neva Bond, the Cork representatives, taking on Salt Hill Nakara, famous name now from, from Galway. And as I was saying to you before we started recording, uh, it's amazing to me that this is their first ladies football uh, All Ireland final because they're such a famous name. And I know from watching Kikaran Clonburn over the last couple of years, certainly the team that beat Mornabi, the mighty Mornabi at senior level, there's no bad team that comes out of Connacht, let alone Galway at this time of the year. So you know the kind of challenge that lies ahead. I know you've seen their semi final. Um, irrespective of who it was going to be in the All-Ireland final, it was always going to be a tough game anyway, a cliche alert. But from what you've seen of Salt Hill, from what you know, little or, or much, whatever you know about them, you already know, Una, and so does your management team, that this is probably the stiffest challenge you're going to have all year. But look, you're in an All-Ireland final, and why not? And that's it. Like, um, Of course, it's going to be... Absolutely. Like you're not coming into an Ireland final just to be in an Ireland final, and you're coming in to win it. Like so, we know it's going to go absolutely down to the wire at the end of the day. And the only thing that stands to us is that all of our games up till now haven't been walkovers; they've been close. We've had to work for it, so we're hoping that will stand to us as well. But from you know, from what we know, it's all certain things. Is that look, they're they're a young team like ourselves. They're fit. They're just after coming off the back of winning the. Intermediate Camogie last year and stuff, so they're still on the high with that. Um, you know, come game dates, you know, you just don't know what way it's going to go. But hopefully, now that we've the work done, that you know, we just settle down to our, our normal game plan of how we build up from the back and attack then straight out and things. But you know, we'll just we'll do a little bit more homework on them right now this week just to make sure we're all safe and sound. But uh, I'd say it's in for a crack of a game on Sunday. It certainly is going to be a cracker of a game in Kilmallock and County Limerick on Sunday. And you're expecting, we're expecting another huge crowd. I, I've no doubt that the, the parish of Balavurni and surrounding areas are going to come and support you. And what a lovely moment away to end the year and all Ireland final something, as you said, you couldn't have envisaged at the start of the year. But generally the teams that get to those finals, Una, from my experience, it's probably better off that they didn't because you play with that little bit less fear. It's obviously going to be a big occasion and a huge occasion for a lot, for everybody in the club and associated with them. Um, it's just the the thought of actually lifting an All Ireland trophy after the year you've had would cap everything off. But I know you don't want to say that. But considering where Neva Bond have come from in terms of ladies football and where you are, it's been a fantastic run. Not just this year, and it's not. It hasn't taken just this year's success of Cork and Munster and hopefully All Ireland. A lot of groundwork has been done in the last couple of number of years at underage level. I know you'd want to pay tribute to the people behind the scenes as well who we don't often see in Neva Bond who've made this happen. Exactly, and you know it's. Like it might look great this year, but it's been a hot, hard fought year for the last, I'd say, three to four years. Nearly this group of players have been together. And um, Noel coming in, Tomas Murphy has been with us, I'd say, since Naval Bond Ladies Football started back in Yon days. So, you know, for the people that have been behind the scenes for 10 to 15 years, it's wonderful to finally see us getting the success and recognition that is needed. Mm. But, um, like, as you say, it's just, you know, you don't think about it at the start of the year and nor have we thought about it you know, during the year, even the Monster Final. You never envision yourself lifting the County Cup or the Monster Cup or anything like that. But um, to to be able to do it now is just something else. And to know that we have the talent and we have we have the, let's say, the, the need to go on and win the All-Ireland is just, you know, it's something great to be putting back into the club again and, even at the game the last day, like all the underage teams, 
girls and boys were all couldn't be more than happy to be coming on and saying well done to us and you know signing their gloves and stuff like that which we've never experienced at all before so it's just absolutely wonderful excellent and, and deservedly uh, thoroughly deserved considering the effort that's been put in since the start of the year but look ahead of this Sunday's current account of the All-Ireland LGFA Junior Football Final between Cork Champions Navavon and Galway Champions Saltil Naknakara Unatui Captain of Navavon everybody in the Southern Star and inside and outside the Southern Star West Cork and beyond wishes you all the best the very best of luck and hopefully the next time we're having a chat we can talk about your third time lifting a trophy and you maybe you can tell me a bit more about the celebrations as well <laughs> I promise I will if you win the Ireland definitely thanks Thanks very much for your time. No bother. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Okay, Kieran, before we wrap up this week's edition of the Star Sport Podcast, let's preview this week's Southern Star Sports section, which will be in shops on Thursday and Another additional piece of information about this Thursday's Southern Star is that it will also feature a very special 16-page motoring supplement. So if you're into your cars, this is the week to buy the Southern Star because there's 16 juicy pages of motoring goodness. Well, Kieran, back to the important business of what's in the sports section. Take it away. Yeah, it's um, even though it's now we're now heading fast towards mid-December, the sport is still pretty busy here in West Cork. And Two West Cork athletes are in Italy this weekend, and we've caught up with both ahead of the European Cross Country Championships. I was speaking to New Zealand athlete Jane Buckley from her base in Providence College in Rhode Island, and before she flew out to Italy on, she's flying out actually on Wednesday, so she'll be in Italy on Thursday. So she'll be racing in the under twenty women's European Cross Country race just outside Turin. So Jane has had a terrific couple of months since she moved to um, to Providence College in mid August. So we've a uh, a good chat, and you can check out Thursday's Southern Star for that. And the other West Cork athlete is Darren McElhinney, and this will be his last ever under-23 race. So he's going for gold in the under-23 mins at the European Cross Country Championships. Think back to this time 12 months ago when Darren won silver, so he's hoping to go one better, but it's going to be really, really tough. The man who beat him last year, Charlie Hicks from Great Britain, is in the race again this year, and Charlie Hicks is in super form in the American Collegiate uh, Circuit. So Best of luck to Dara and for Jane. And you can read all about that in this Thursday's Southern Star. Really interesting piece, actually, we have is Tom Lyons is a fascinating read on the Little Nora Cup. That was a cup handed out to the, the winners of the Junior Football Championship here in West Cork for, I think it was nearly 50 years. Um, and it, it went missing at one point um, back in the, back, what, seven, eight years ago. And it was actually a front page story in the Southern Star sports section that actually found and uncovered that cup again. But Tom has put together a really nice piece on the Litnora Cup because a couple of weeks back it featured on a TG, uh, TG4 or TG Cahar, sorry, um, TG Cahar series um, on Silverware Stories. So that's a really nice piece by Tom and really worth checking out. It's just a historical piece and just really interesting. As well as that, we've all the news from the West Cork League, including the Beamish Cup draws and the teams at the top, Clannock Kilty, Miss and Hobb, had a, had a draw, one all. Ruben Henry with a late goal. Drina Rangers are piling on the goals. Barry O'Driscoll, if you listen to this podcast, he only got four goals the weekend. Only four, Jack. So Barry will have to put up his socks and try and hit a high five before Christmas. But, but in all seriousness, Drina really back in the title hunt there. So we've all done that. Just on the West Cork League, Kieran, before you move on, just a shout out to the team topping the West Cork League Championship. It's the unbeaten Baltimore Crabs. They've won six games 
from seven played, it's almost as if at the minute I stopped playing for them, they found their feet and they found their form and they're marching towards promotion. So big shout out to all the crabs. Great to see you. Never, never want to correct you, Jack, but Baltimore second at the moment. Super Salan are top. So if any listeners from Salan are listening to this podcast now, I'll offer apologies on behalf of Jack McCarron. I, don't know, I think I think you may have your information wrong because uh, based on what I'm seeing on WhatsApp, the crabs are storming to, toward promotion. We'll have to get your Baltimore tinged sunglasses off you, Jack. We'll have to we'll have to find. Don't worry. In in Thursday's Southern Star, we'll have the correct championship table. I, I'll make sure that I have the up to date table in in Thursday's Southern Star. But as well as that, Kilmurray are in Munster Junior Club football final action this Sunday. Did a little matter of trying to stop the Clifford brothers from Fossa David Clifford and Paulie Clifford. We also have more pictures from the recent West Cork LGFA Player of the Match Awards. And there's so much else going on besides that. I have an interview with Aidan O'Rourke. He's the Carby GA chairperson because the Carby GA have their convention this Friday night. So I caught up with Aidan just to talk about some of the, the big topics from the past year. And also in his weekly column, Holly O'Sullivan will be um, hosting his first for, I'm going to call him annual. Can you call it his, his first annual GA award? So from his best player, from best performance to the team that impressed him the most. To the, the, the Hollies. The Hollies. The Hollies. The Hollies. Yeah. So all gone well. We'll have the first edition of the Hollies in Torres' Southern Star. So there's a there's a hell of a lot going on. All great value. So get out on Thursday morning. Get your local shop and pick up the, the Southern Star. Or Jack, you can get it online, can't you? You can indeed, Kieran, for less than two euro per week. In fact, you can subscribe to the Southern Star online. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet or smartphone for, yes, less than two euro per week. And along with all the regular content that you get every week, this week there's also a very special 16-page motoring supplement. So for all the gearheads in West Cork, don't forget to pick up this week's edition. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. And thanks as well to our producer, Dylan Mangan, and reporter, um, Matthew Hurley. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And before we wrap up, I think Kieran is trying to tell me something very important, which I'm assuming is related to the top of the West Cork League Championship table. So Kieran, take it away before we finish. Salan are top of the table ahead of your beloved Baltimore, but it's close, Jack. It's really close, right? So uh, Salan, after nine games, are on 21 points. Pretty impressive. Baltimore, after seven games, are on 19 points. So just two points behind with two games in hand. Um, great season for Baltimore. Like you said, probably no coincidence since you were transferred out of the club, not by your choice, but you were transferred out of the club. Baltimore have found a bit of form. And I just saw the weekend, Dan McGowan is, is scoring goals. Kieran Lynch, they're a team in form right now. So is this the year for the Crabs, Jack? I, I think so. Much improved since I was booted out of there. But great to see and very happy for everyone involved. Let's wrap it there now, Kieran. Slán Tommel.